Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is uh, Dr. Lisa Amini. She's the director of IBM Research Cambridge, which includes the uh, newly announced MIT IBM Watson AI Lab. And the MIT slash IBM Watson AI Lab, they're dedicated to artificial intelligence research, and their goal is to propel scientific breakthroughs in four areas. AI algorithms, the physics of AI, the application of AI to industries, and advanced sharing prosperity through AI. Uh, They leverage machine learning, deep learning, machine reasoning algorithms. And Lisa was previously the Director of Knowledge and Reasoning Research in the Cognitive Computing Group at IBM's T.J. Watson Research Center in New York. She's also an IBM Distinguished Engineer. So I'm very glad to speak to you today. Thank you, Dr. Amini. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm really glad you're here. So um, tell me a bit about... uh Maybe just a little bit of the history of uh, IBM Watson. You know, I've seen a lot about it in the news. I, I feel like there's probably a lot of uh, misconception about what IBM Watson is and isn't. So maybe you could uh, tell me a little bit about how the project was conceived and you know how it got to where it is today. Sure, and you know, just to uh, just to be clear about that, I you know I'm from the research division. Uh, uh, the Watson uh, IBM Watson is a line of products. Uh, it's interesting, you know, it was a line of products that uh, was started in research. It kind of got kicked off, uh, at least most publicly, because of a, you know, a, a competitive challenge that we did uh, to take on the uh, the winners of, of Jeopardy and uh, 2011 and, and won that competition, so it got a lot of attention. Uh, I think a lot of people at the time weren't sure, okay, well, what, what do you do with a computer that... Uh, that wins at Jeopardy, and uh, right. it turns out that uh, that you can do a lot, right? The, there is a lot of information in various forms uh, that people need to be able to, you know, analyze and and learn from, and then be able to answer questions, uh, and and that is a very uh, deep need in uh, in business, right? It's not just a game being able to answer uh, questions, and so, you know, what's grown up out of you know that uh, that research project is the ability to have. Uh, products so that uh, you know we can have you know chatbots, uh, for example, answering questions on on technical support. Uh, we can you know leverage uh, some of the machine learning algorithms to learn from uh, you know not just you know kind of news and popular data, but to uh, learn from content in the healthcare space and in the cybersecurity space and and many others. Right. So you know the Watson products uh, take into consideration those products that. Uh, those capabilities that need, uh, you know, machine learning, uh, natural language processing, uh, computer vision, uh, image analysis, and, and so on, and and do it in a way to make it very accessible for for business users, enterprise users. Yeah, I feel like Watson is just this single supercomputer with a personality because of the name. So I would guess that a lot of people, you know, maybe not enterprise, but they may feel like it's that. But but you said it's a whole suite of products. Um, I guess Watson is just the name that was used to talk about any uh, any of the AI that goes on, regardless of what it analyzes, right? It's 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 a name for a suite of products, yes, yes. Okay, 
and 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 yeah, originally, you know, yes, because of the Jeopardy competition, uh, that's kind of where this thought of and and at that time it was a you know a computer that was answering you know kind of a single focused task. Um, but in translating that to business, uh, we realized that there's an entire suite of products that are valuable. Um, so what is it that you're working on or you're heading up? You know, what's the new stuff that's going to be coming from Watson that uh, you think there's a particular need for, or that there's a technology breakthrough for? Okay, great. Yeah. So the, um, you know, in AI and in machine learning, and this is not uh, a statement that's purely about our products. This is really, you know, if I look at, you know, the best of machine learning and AI across, you know, the research field, right? So, you know, looking at, you know, across what's there, universities, other research labs, and so on, that's really, you know, what the responsibility of the research division is, is to try to, you know, advance that frontier, not just to kind of do things for, you know, the next generation of projects. In fact, we say, you know, we have a, a responsibility uh, to, uh, to you know, IBM and to the world to advance science and to impact technology. So now when I think about the, uh, you know, the AI algorithms that are out there today, um, while they are doing very well at certain things, they do they very, do very well when you have a very large amount of data uh, you can train. Uh, there is uh, on that data. You can have the machines learn from patterns that they see in that data, uh, and then whenever they're presented with, uh, you know, something, you know, uh, you know, an image uh, that they have been trained to try to recognize objects of certain types within that image, then they can do uh, very well. But what you've probably also seen uh, in the press is that there are times when it doesn't work as well. Um, uh, an example of when it doesn't work as well, they have these cases of, you know, adversarial, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, failings or, you know, attacks against the AI, what, where what they would do is they try to, instead of providing an, an image that, you know, maybe the object that you would traditionally look at is in a familiar context, they might provide it in a different context. Uh, and then suddenly uh, the algorithms, because they hadn't had the appropriate training data, and because the algorithms are currently not at that level, then uh, they, they, they may fail. They may incorrectly uh, classify, you know, objects and images and so on. So, um, so one frontier uh, that's really important for us is to make these algorithms uh, robust and to make them robust even when we don't have, you know, huge amounts of data uh, that we can train from. Humans don't require that, right? You, uh, you know, a human doesn't require seeing thousands of images of, you know, cats to be able to say, okay, yeah, that is a that is a cat. Uh, um, but right now, machines require very large amounts of data to be able to uh, to train. So, you know, working. You at know, what's funny is um, certain things people do need thousands of images. You know, to become an expert, let's say. You're going to look at X-rays or MRIs to see if there's a particular type of, you know, a lesion is cancer. Mm-hmm. So in there, the human does need thousands of images. And there, it seems like the machines with their, you know, like tortoise versus hare, plodding along, going through a lot of data, they they win. But other areas, like like you said, recognizing cats, they don't. They lose. Well, it's you know, it's 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 interesting that you that you mentioned that. So so it is correct that you know, like like you said, someone professionally trained, you know, has seen many many of these uh, these images. So it's not just one or two. They need to be professionally trained, but they do something even more important, right? They are able to, you know, when they look at the image in in their minds, they're able to kind of think about, okay, you know, uh, more than what is actually just in the image, right? They can think about. 
you know, kind of translations and rotations, uh, for example, that, you know, the machines uh, need need help with. Um, when you read a document, uh, for example, uh, a human is able to, you know, you're, you're reading a document and it's talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, something that happened in, you know, in, in Cambridge, the human is automatically able to kind of, you know, in Cambridge, U.S., right? The human's able to refer to, okay, yeah, you're talking about Massachusetts and these sorts of things. Uh, machines uh, need that information to be brought in in one form or another, and you can either bring it in with many, many, many types of data, or you can try to find ways to give the computer information on which it can make these inferences uh, without having to have, you know, just, you know, thousands of examples to do it, right? So in other words, uh, the human that you're talking about training on the radiology images, they do this not just by looking at images, but by reading documents and by interacting with humans and a lot of other signals besides just uh, the images themselves, right? And that's that type of, you know, multimodal learning, learning representations that can be reused in different scenarios. That's, you know, that's where we're really looking to, to improve all these, these AI algorithms. Does that, does that help? Yeah, no, that makes sense. It also seems like um, AI is very good at super narrow tasks, but um, making it more general, I guess, is going to be, you know, far in the future. But, I mean, this is better for you to speak to. So what have you seen are the strengths and the limitations of the AI that you've been working on? And, and um, do you think there's going to be any major changes in it in the next few years? Or what's, what's the path forward? Yeah. So, yeah. So we are. We we are uh, definitely working on algorithms um, that are uh, you know uh, better able to to generalize uh, basically by um, understanding whether or not the data that we've provided uh, you know gives a gives a good model uh, whether or not that that model can be uh, robust to certain types of attacks whether or not we can you know state you know authoritatively that yes you know this will be uh, robust against these types of attacks. So that's one that I think is extremely exciting because uh, we need to um, make sure that they, you know, one, don't, you know, uh, aren't, you know, the humans need information about how well is this going to perform, you know, in the wild when it sees data that it's never seen uh, before. So this is a space where we'll have breakthroughs. And in fact, you know, we've, we've got some recent papers in that area. Um, another area that I think is really um, exciting is uh, right now the machines they, they they give you an answer right they say okay you know there yes there's there's a, there's a you know there's a there's a dog in this picture or there's a tumor in this region or something that you know exhibits patterns uh, of other things that are classified as as as, as tumors. Um, what's happening? What we're working on is also a form of you know being able to offer you know, explanations uh, for why the machine is arriving at that uh, that classification. So, uh, you know, that is, uh, you know, uh, something that requires bringing in additional, you know, evidence, you know, for example, beyond the, uh, you know, just what's in the, the image, but that's another really exciting area. It's sometimes referred to as explainable AI or interpretable ML, um, but it's helping to kind of, you know, bridge um, we because we expect that these aren't you know our goal right now is like you said to get beyond the narrow uh, to take on more uh, complex and, and valuable tasks but really we see this you know working in conjunction with with humans as being a really important part of what we're trying to create. 
So, uh, so that's that's why we you know we care about you know uh, ensuring that they you know that they can be ro- as robust as possible. Um, they can also have ways of explaining their, their decisions, and that will help to between the human and the machine, you know, ensure that, uh, you know, that uh, the, the tasks are taken on in a, you know, in a robust way. Well, I know there's no answer because I, I don't know if anyone has the answer. I've, I've heard, um, for instance, like neural networks are black boxes. A lot of AI systems are black boxes. Can you talk about why that is? And, you know, has anyone tried to figure out what's actually going on, you know, computational-wise? What impact yeah. have you gotten? Right. So uh, you, you do hear that a lot. Um, you know, it's it's not a black box in the way that some people would think. Um, the, the the key is that, you know, we know the data that's going in there. We, we know the architecture of the uh, the network that's being trained on. We know the parameters that are uh, being set. It's that the machine, you know, the algorithms are um, you know, by training on data, they are setting those. The, they are learning from the data to, to to set those parameters, as opposed to having a human kind of set them and tweak every little knob. And that's important because if you don't have that, and, and we've definitely learned this, that you know the humans just aren't able to uh, to tweak all of those knobs. And so uh, that was the big breakthrough of you know of deep learning uh, to be able to kind of go beyond humans having to. Uh, you know, decide on the features uh, that would be uh, used to make the classifications. So um, that's important, but it also means that because the humans aren't setting those, um, you know, it's always it's not always clear, you know, why did the machine, you know, train that way and set the parameters in that way, uh, even though, and, and to be able to kind of, you know, say something, you know, mathematically about exactly, you know, why those numbers were were set that way. Uh, we have projects uh, in this space that uh, also I'm really excited about. Where what we're doing is we are using, you know, advanced, uh, you know, information theory uh, types of of techniques to understand exactly how information flows uh, within those networks um, and to understand, you know, um, how the differences between, uh, you know, models that are, are trained well and, and can do well and that we can give, uh, you know, a good description of versus ones that we can't. And that will help us in two ways. One, you know, better understanding and, and opening up of that, that black box, as, as you mentioned, uh, that enables us to, like I was saying earlier, know that it, it is a good model that, uh, that they've trained. But it'll also help us to, uh, to build more scalable models because um, the fact is that uh, in some cases, uh, you know, we, we we train up these networks. We put many of these, you know, the, the you know, what would be the equivalent of, of kind of neurons uh, within the the neural net, and um, you know, we sometimes find that a much more compact model could have been uh, trained and been just as as effective. Uh, but um, you, you you need the system, you need to provide that system with kind of that that breadth of the ability to to learn and train over a bigger. Uh, network. So, um, so, so exactly. There, there is significant work on making it such that these, you know, the, you know, what's inside uh, the, the models that are trained are, are more, you know, uh, verifiable by by humans. Um, you mentioned that um, the next generation AI is going to be explainer AI, where the AI not only gives you results but explains why it got to those conclusions. I don't know if I'm expressing it right, but. That's part of it, yeah. Does that, re- that's, does that's that require important. understanding what's inside the black box, or how, how would that work? Like, can you give me a sense of that? 
Yeah. Interestingly enough, we don't necessarily have to kind of know everything about what's inside the box to be able to uh, explain it, right? What, what what you, you know, think about, if you think about how a human does this, right, um, it's not necessarily that you need to know, you know, exactly the method that someone, uh, you know, kind of came up and all the thoughts that they had when they did that. But a lot of times when someone comes up with a decision, they're able to say, okay, well, this is kind of the, uh, you know, the chain of logic that I, you know, I followed, right? So you, you asked me whether or not I'd like to go to this place for dinner. Well, you know, um, I don't have anything else to do. I uh, I actually like uh, Chinese food and I've never been to this place. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. Uh, but you didn't necessarily need to know how my, you know, how my neurons fired uh, or, you know, how my, you know, how my brain actually worked to, to get to that. You just needed to understand what were some of the key points in my um, decision-making process. Well, I mean, you want to do this with the AI itself and not with people. So yes. how do you guess a solution like this would look? Can you give you know, like a small or narrow example of how it might work? Yeah. So the idea is that we, you know, when we're building these systems, right, um, we we look both at um, the data that might be you know uh, you know images um, text these sorts of things when we're when we're analyzing text data uh, a lot of times what we're trying to do is we're trying to pull out uh, you know what we refer to as you know you know you, you can think of them as, as symbols right so uh, concepts you know entities you know so so uh, you know, a building, you know, a particular building in Boston, you know, all of these sorts of things are, you know, concepts, entities, and then there are relationships uh, between them. So part of what happens in natural language processing is to be able to um, analyze text, understand the important, you know, concepts and, and relationships, and then bring that into a representation such that, you know, if someone is looking for an answer or a question, you know, how, how might I get to this particular location or something like that, um, then we can look at that representation and provide them more than just, a, you know, an address, but, you know, we've, we, we, we've represented, you know, facts, um, so to speak, about uh, what we were able to pull from the, uh, the, the text documents. And likewise, you know, if you do this, if you think about it in, in, uh, you know, in, a, in an image, Right. Uh, you, you might say, mm-hmm. well, um, uh, you know, you know, why, why did you classify this as a, you know, as, 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 a, as a cheetah? Right. Uh, the, you know, the explanation in this case does it, it could be, uh, you know, we, we have ways to uh, generate, uh, you know, text that could be associated with uh, an image based off of reading enough, seeing enough of images and, and captions. But another way is to have the image highlight things like you know spots and and four legs and 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 pointy ears and that's a that's a different form of um, of uh, explanation and it's something that actually is not so uh, distant uh, from how you know some of these image uh, recognition uh, you know algorithms work they they recognize certain uh, you know features um, uh, you know across images and those features being representative of what they're trying to classify. So, so it's important to think of explanations as, um, you know, supporting, you know, evidence and information that is um, can can sometimes be, uh, you know, uh, in association with or almost byproducts of, uh, you know, what the machines can can. So, uh, any other manifestations of AI that you're working on, or you know, people at IBM are working on that, that uh, you know, in addition to this explainer AI. 
anything that you think may has a chance of being commercially viable in the next few years? Oh yeah, I mean I think that there's there's a lot. Um, so uh, let, let me give you some some additional examples, right? So um, so one thing that I think is an important and interesting area is that uh, right now what happens with machine learning algorithms they, they primarily um, you know they work because of the data, which means they work because of you know uh, kind of statistical uh, information that we can find or signals that we can find within that data. Um, and then based off of that, we can, you know, we can classify things. Um, what we, another thing that I think is uh, really an important area is, well, could we, instead of just, you know, doing these types of classification, could I start to learn representation that tells me more about what causes what, right? In other words, you know, uh, you, you know, it, it's not just to know. So, so the idea is that you, you know, you want to be able to uh, learn uh, you know what what causes what it helps us to explain our world right humans humans always are trying to, uh, to 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 do this because that way they're not just you know as we were talking about earlier recognizing a, a picture because they've seen 15 other pictures but they actually know that you know uh, you know a cheetah is, is, is often in the jungle and you know might be you know chasing chasing its prey and, and these sorts of things right so um, being able to try to take some of the advances that we've seen in machine learning uh, and try to apply those uh, in areas uh, that would uh, enable us to learn these types of, uh, you know, uh, representations of causal inform uh, uh, causal structure and, and, and causal information uh, is one that I think that uh, we will, I hope, at least, that uh, we'll see some advances, uh, you know, uh, coming in, in that space, and that would make a, a very big uh, difference. Um, I would also say that uh, in terms of uh, security, right, uh, we definitely uh, look at these uh, AI algorithms as being able to uh, look at, uh, you know, uh, attacks on, on systems and hopefully be able to you know, identify, you know, classify, you know, um, you know, attacks on systems and, and hopefully be more robust uh, to them. So I believe that cybersecurity uh, and, and AI um, are an important area that will get a lot of traction and we'll see a lot more uh, breakthroughs in that space um, soon. Um, as you know, healthcare is extremely important uh, for mm -hmm. us. So we look at, you know, being able to uh, use AI, you know, not only for, uh, you know, different types of, of image data, not just radiographs is one, but even, you know, if you think in the field of, of dermatology and being able to, you know, those are, you know, pictures, images that are more, you know, at the uh, at the skin level. And so being able to uh, do better with, you know, pointing out, uh, you know, images that might be um, uh, similar to uh, to other images, you know, where there may have been uh, the beginnings of, you know, of skin cancer is uh, is another, you know, important area. So, and and healthcare. I mean, both cybersecurity and healthcare are uh, good uh, areas for uh, for AI because you know they they both have an urgent need, right? They're both a space where humans are overwhelmed by um, by data and uh, you know have a need uh, to get helped uh, with uh, you know information. Uh, that could help them to make you know better decisions, uh, and, and so I'm extremely excited about those two areas as where we will you know we we are investing with the lab. Those have those are focus areas for the lab. We we go after 
uh, both, um, you know, uh, advances that will really have an impact on uh, healthcare and health uh, and cybersecurity, but would also help us to, you know, advance the the algorithms themselves, right? So uh, that's a it's a very nice space, and it's a space where I think you'll see a lot more coming from us. Well, very good. So, what's the uh, best way for folks to find out more about, you know, the research at IBM that's public and about, you know, Watson products? Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, what, any resources for people? Just they should just Google uh, IBM Watson or yeah, what, so, any specific um, places can, they should go to. No, I would recommend if you Google uh, IBM Research Cambridge, or you can Google MIT space IBM space Watson space AI, and either of those will bring you to uh, to great landing pages about our projects. All right, that's great, Lisa. Thank you for coming on the call. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.